think Tevez going to Juventus, what, what a coup that was for me. I mean, On a head-to-head -head battle, Atletico Madrid can do uh, more damage to Barcelona than the other way around. Either he's really blind or he's fixing the match. I, I can't see it any other way. I'm, I'm trying to get Sir Bob on my side here by saying City will win the Premier League. It, it is an upset. You would expect Man United to go and win there. Over a billion dollars was paid in transfer fees uh, between the clubs in, in Europe. It's football. It's damn football. Like Ferguson said, football. Bloody marvelous. Yeah, well, the celebration was, I can't believe I just scored against Mexico. Uh, at one point, Parma, I think it's only like 224 players under contract. But they're gonna throw me out of here, fellas. You're gonna get me arrested on your show. If you're a serious talent, you're going back and you're playing for Santos. You, you know, you're going back to, to play for, like, in Argentina for River Plate or Boca Juniors, or you're going to Europe. He looked like the Ryan Giggs of old. He was more creative than any player on the pitch. Um, he made Matter look stupid. He made Rooney look silly. Now, the Premier League is what the most exciting league out there. I think it's probably the best marketed league without a question. When you look at the draw for the, the Champions League, you kind of say, well, all the pieces kind of fell into place for everybody except City. I am your host, Joe Ucello. Sir Bob, Mike Orr, my co-host, Rob Rojas. My trusted co-host, Ben the Machine. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to episode 372 of Low Limit Football on this 2nd of December, 2022. I am your host, Joe Ucello, and tonight, the group stages are done in the 2022 World Cup, and the round of 16 is now set with all of our matchups. We're going to discuss all of that tonight in just a bit, but first, let me get my co-host in here, Mr. Roberto Rojas. What's going on, my man? I'm doing well, Joe. Doing well. Obviously, here we are after having to deal with so many games already, literally 48 of them, uh, 48 group stage games that we've had to deal with uh, over the last you know week or so. It's It's been crazy. We've seen some upset. We've seen some great goals, some dramas, some storylines. But we are now down to 16 teams, 16 teams, including the team that we support here uh, in, the, in the United States. They'll be taking on the Dutch. And a really big game, but of course there are seven other games to talk about, but let's talk about what's been going on in the group stage, because there is a lot to dissect. Yeah, let's get into it right away. Let's start right up at the top at Group A with uh, the Netherlands uh, taking Group A with seven points, second for Senegal with six points after that 2-1 victory over uh, Ecuador, who finished in third, and Qatar finishing dead last. You know, this this group, as we went predict as we predicted, uh, one goal for Qatar in this one, the, only, the lone goal scored against Senegal in this one but um the african champions make it through the dutch uh didn't look like world beaters but they really didn't look like they were challenged much in this group what are your thoughts on this group because i i mean like i said this went to plan as, as far as you and i when we talked about it when we did our, our previews and our interviews um and this kind of got there ultimately at the end but we knew it would come down to that last match between senegal and ecuador and it did uh so you know kind of true to form on this one for you yeah yeah i would say so i think obviously when you look at it, I think Ecuador definitely gave us uh, a bit of a, a bit of hope into the last day of the um, of the group stage when they had to play Senegal, which really was kind of a game that everyone was expected to to have um, you know circled on their calendar when this group was announced because I think the winner of that was going to go and qualify with the Dutch to the knockout stage, and it was Senegal. I mean, yeah, they, it took a little bit of a a late winner from Club Ali to to get it, but ultimately, I think Senegal were. Um, 
were worthy winners. But I have to say, Joe, I think when you look at it as a whole, I think there really wasn't a standout. Yeah, okay, Qatar was, I think, poor out of all the four teams. But you had games where Ecuador was dominating, the Dutch as well, Senegal at one point. You know, there wasn't one that just blew everyone away. And I think that just shows how difficult this group was going to be when it was first announced. It showed that it was very open and and we saw that. But, you know, credit to our predictions that we got right, some of the few that we did get right. The Dutch and Senegal finishing first and second. And Enter Valencia currently uh, in the race for the Golden Boot. However, uh, since he's been eliminated, will probably not finish there. Cody Gakpo also is another eye, you know, another one you want to keep an eye on. He's got three goals coming out of this group, moving into the knockout stages against the Group B runner-up. Let's go look at that one real quick, where that one went uh, to form the way you and I thought as well, for the most part. Uh, England taking the group seven points uh, on two wins and a draw. The lone draw coming against the United States, five points in this one. They are a, a win against Iran, and then the other draw against Wales. They're, the, they're one of the few teams that have not given up a goal in open play in this tournament so far, um, and but they've only scored two goals as well. Iran finishing third. In this, and Wales finishing fourth, Iran on the strength of the 2 0 victory over Wales, overcoming that 6 2 defeat in the opening round. You know, where really this team looked done, defeated, and, and, and already on the plane back home with all this trouble that's been going on in, uh, in their home country. And they managed to turn it around against Wales. Wales, on the flip side, uh, kind of a lackluster display for them only scoring the one goal the one goal being the penalty on walker zimmerman or else they would not have scored and the u.s actually would not have conceded so far in this tournament um but one and two going as we thought what were your thoughts here uh especially that last goal for the u.s uh christian pulisic getting hurt we have injury news on him coming up um but taking that one nil victory over iran to get into the knockout stages what are your thoughts about this way this broke yeah i think honestly it's kind of the same thing that we had expected as well we, we, we knew that this game or this group was going to go into the last day and you know i think ultimately i think for us i think we're very relieved that it did uh end up going in the way of the united states but they could have taken advantage of, of wanting to win the group they could have it was in their it was in their control but you know obviously we can't change that now but i think ultimately you know the results and, and credit to iran for going into the final day as well after all of the the setbacks and things that it's been going on with them in their camp um the fact that they got into this on the final day with the chance, I think shows how great their team is. And I think for the United States, you know, it's, you know, two goals in, in <laughs> two goals in three games, maybe is a bit concerning, but that's kind of the thing that you need in these type of matches. It's like, you need to score and you need to get wins. And that's what's what the United States had to get and picked up the most points that they could have gotten at this time. But um yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at England as well. I think that they've really flexed their muscles, you know, nine goals, two goals against. Um, I think they, yes, I think the opposition will get much stronger now as we talk about in the knockout stage, but they look good. They look really good. And I think even in the game against the United States, they're also, they could be beatable as well. Exactly, exactly. Let's jump over to Group C. Argentina took the long way to get there, but they do top the group. Poland finishing second and Mexico finishing third based on goal differential and Saudi Arabia finishing fourth. Um, This group, if we would have told you after match day one that the group would have gone this way, you might have scratched your head um, because Saudi Arabia with probably the biggest upset in World Cup history, many were calling that, calling it that, to rival the uh, the U.S. beating England in, I believe it was 1966, if I remember correctly, uh, the match that uh, that they that is commonly known as the greatest upset of all time. Uh, Argentina goes ahead and loses to 
Saudi Arabia 2-1, which is totally shocking in this one. Uh, but then they find their, their feet. They give a 2-0 uh, defeat to Mexico. They turn around after that and beat our, uh, Poland 2-0. Poland, obviously, nil-nil against uh, against Mexico. When, when a match that we thought was going to kind of dictate terms in this particular group, and it really ended up not doing it, it was really more along the lines of how everybody did against Saudi Arabia and Mexico conceding the one goal to Saudi Arabia in the 95th minute is basically what uh, what knocked them out of the tournament. That and yellow cards, because that would have been the next tiebreaker. What are your thoughts of the way this uh, advanced, especially with Lionel Messi, the way Argentina looked, and uh, Robert Lewandowski finally scoring a World Cup goal? Yeah, well, so much for your prediction. <laughs> I, I was the one yeah, that got it right. Team not get any goals conceded. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that I one. Mean, that so one I did. That. Yeah, that was that was shot uh, forty-eight minutes into the match. In fact, uh, I had a side bet with my wife because she thought I was crazy, and I lost that bet. Uh, oh, what about five thirty in the morning here, local time? Uh, is what I <laughs> so uh, yeah, they woke up to that news pretty quick. The whole well, thing. to be fair, if, if 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 this game didn't exist, then then obviously you would have been right. But yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think Argentina took the long way, and I think they needed that. I think obviously, you know, it's it's hard to say that. You know, for a side that went so many games unbeaten, 36 games unbeaten in two years, I think they needed that kind of level of humbleness to show that, hey, maybe they're not as good as they think they are or they need to go back to earth. But I think uh, for Argentina's case, yeah, I think they, they knew that they had enough to, to qualify to the next round. I think obviously now the bigger test comes in the knockout stages where the pressure's on them again. The pressure's on them again because as we see, I, I think it, you know, on paper, it should be accessible for them, but you know what this World Cup is like? Nothing is easy. There's, there are no more underdogs in this anymore. Anyone wants to play. But I think, you know, strictly speaking, when you are looking at this team as a whole, you would think that Argentina have enough to, to go in and go through and, and do well in that poll in Mexico. Yeah, I mean, hard to believe it went all the way to the final day, and it could have been unfair play record had Saudi Arabia not scored in the last minute. But uh, no, credit to Poland. I mean, you know, certainly Lewandowski getting the goals that he needed against Saudi Arabia was important. Mexico, unfortunately, that my first prediction wrong on that one. Yeah. They're out in the group stage. First time since 1978 that's happened, Joe. Hard to believe it's been that long since they've been eliminated from the group stages of the World Cup. It- but uh, yeah, I mean, everyone was expecting that. And so, yeah, it's, it's also not a surprise. I thought Mexico maybe had a bit more grit in them and they kind of did in that game against Saudi Arabia where they thought, okay, maybe it's possible. Fortunately, they could have get the job done. And the first of our two head coaches has fallen with Tata Martino basically telling everybody that when the final whistle blew in that last match, his contract was up and he was out of a job. So uh, we're going to talk about another coaching change coming up in just a little bit. Let's go to Group D because obviously Group C uh, advances into Group D. Uh, And this is one where you and I both got it very, very wrong, I think. Uh, And I think we're shocked. Given the uh, given the injuries that France has suffered coming into this World Cup, even even suffering injuries here, where Lucas Hernandez goes down with an ACL injury right in the first matchup, I don't think any of us saw how badly Denmark was going to play over the three matches. And we have France and Australia, the team that we picked to finish fourth in this group, by the way, advancing. You know, Dan Colasimone, I don't think he even um, had this high of a hope for Australia when we did our interview with him. But France finishing first with six points. Australia also on six points, finishing second on goal differential. Tunisia finishing third. And, and by the way, uh, a valiant uh, effort in their uh, match day three against France with a 1-0 victory there. Denmark finishing fourth, only scoring one goal in this. Uh, I know we're shocked about Denmark. What are your thoughts on France? Uh 
you know, because they've really looked good despite the injuries they've had. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, it's it's that part of the, you know, I think it happens to a lot of these teams. Some of them, they, they go into that pressure very well and some of them don't. Um, and I think for France's case, the former happened. Um, yes, it was an accessible group for them. You know, let's let's not beat around the bush. We Maybe we thought and we looked at the form of the Nations League and maybe their poor run in the Euros that everyone was thinking maybe something was going to be done. And it, and it happens. It happens to a lot of these teams. I think for France's case, I think they understood that, no, we're world champions. We're here to defend and we're here to compete. And yeah, credit to them for, for getting the results that they needed. Okay, yeah, they lost the last game with an alternative side, but they got the job done when they needed, especially against the the two teams that were probably deemed the, the most difficult. I'm very disappointed by Denmark, honestly. I, I expected a bit more of them, and maybe that's kind of the thing that everyone was kind of, um, how can I say it? People were kind of, not confused, but kind of hypnotized by the fact that, you know, maybe this Denmark side was good enough to do and achieve more. And unfortunately they, they fell at the final at the first, hurdle. but credit to Australia. Really. I'm really impressed by them. The fact that they, they came back from losing from four one against the France against France. And now, you know, beating Tunisia and beating Denmark in that type of game. I think it's, it's credit to them. And I'm very impressed by them. I think no one expected them to go that far. And, and I think, yeah, it's, it's definitely been one of the stories of this World Cup, among many other stories that we've seen. Yeah. Shutting out uh, Tunisia and Denmark, by the way, on their way to that second place spot. So fair play to them. They're fantastic effort and, uh, and, and certainly going to be one of the, one of the teams you're going to keep an eye on going into the next round. Let's go to Group E quickly because we have another upset there. You and I, this is another one where we got partially wrong. Uh, we had Spain advancing. Uh, I think you and I both had Spain winning this group. That was not correct. Uh, even though they opened with a 7-0 victory over Costa Rica, you've got one of the top goal scorers in the tournament right now in Alvaro Morata. Yeah, say that twice. Uh, but Spain finished second to Japan, who beats them 2-1 to one on the last match day. Germany goes out of the tournament on goal differential. Japan finishing with six points, Spain second with four points, Germany third with four points, and Costa Rica for a three-minute window was advancing with Japan in this tournament, and and Spain and Germany were both out. There was a three-minute window where that was actually accurate, Um, but they finished fourth. For me, Costa Rica certainly, you know, despite the 7-0 drubbing they faced in Spain, performed reasonably well uh, you know beating japan 1-0 uh losing to germany 4-2 but again we're in that match at the same time japan you've got to be super super impressed and uh and uh, with them advancing and winning the group and now you look at germany hansi flick is his job in in question um you know you even look at luis enrique with a team that we thought after that first match these guys were were possibly the team to beat uh but finishing second here what are your thoughts here yeah yeah, this is uh, this is one that we got completely wrong. Hey, if it went the one way that it did on the final day yesterday, it, I think everyone would have gotten it wrong. Um, you know, hard to believe that. You know, this is a uh, everyone thought this group was going to be straightforward. Ended up, yeah, ended ended up being the one that changed for everyone. I think certainly the way that this group was for Spain after they smashed. I mean, hard to believe it. You think about it. You you have a Spain side that smashed Costa Rica seven 0 You have a Jap- Japanese side that beat Germany two one. That Japanese side and ended up losing to Costa Rica, and then lose to Germany. Japan beat Spain. It's, it's it's incredible. You have all these different results. It's it's so insane. 
But I think ultimately, I think the Spain side, I think was too good to go out. Let's be real. They were too good to go. I don't think 7-0 was a, was a fluke, to be honest. For Japan, on the other hand, I'm impressed. I, I, and we knew this. We, we knew that the side was very well-disciplined, very good on the press. We've seen that in a lot of these games from them. It wasn't going to be a surprise for them to, to get that result. And that game against Germany was the game that everyone thought would have been decisive, to be fair. I think that was the one that everyone thought, if there was going to be a team that was going to go from second to third, it was going to be this one. And it was, of course. No one expected Japan to win the whole group. But I think they're, the way that they've been playing has been impressive, honestly. it's I mean, there are faults and there are, you know, there's strength and weaknesses between all four of them, as, as what I've seen, because obviously all of them lost at least one game. So, there, yeah, I mean, there, there is that level of, of um, that they could be exposed on whatever they have. And it's going to be interesting to see when they do take to the knockout stage. I think for Spain... Yes, they they know what it's like playing in big games. They have the competition. They've they, they've had the history. Of course, these players know what it's like playing in big games in the Champions League or Euros or whatever. Let's see what Japan is like because maybe they are the ones that are going to be maybe a bit more pressure. But hey, for them, I think they've already achieved success way beyond their expectations coming out of a tough group with two former world champions. So yeah, I mean they've been they've been fantastic, and I think for a lot of people. You know, we'll, we'll talk about the other teams that are still in this in this World Cup. I think are the neutrals' favorite, to be honest. Like, mm-hmm. if, if every team in the world was out of the World Cup and this was the only one left, I think a lot of people would be happy. Absolutely, I couldn't agree with you more on that. Let's go. Let's jump into Group F because we're going to talk about another massive, massive upset, um, and in this one involving the number two team in the world according to FIFA rankings, Belgium. The Golden Age. I think we can call it dead at this point. I think it's over. Belgium do not qualify for the knockout stages. It's Morocco that wins the group with seven points. Croatia second place with five points. Belgium on four points. And Canada not even picking up a point. Three losses, only scored two goals. Um, disappointing for Canada, for sure. We thought, I think we expected, we didn't expect them to advance out of the group. We did expect them to finish fourth, but I don't think we expected them to be this poor. Having said that, this Belgian side, uh, like I said, the the golden age is over. This is done. Many of these players will not return. This is a shell of what we saw, you know, of Belgium over the last five to seven years. Croatia, you know, Croatia goes the way Luka Modric goes. Luka Modric has a good game. Croatia wins. And they're just, they're still that talented. And, and Luka Modric is still that good. Massive surprise for Morocco here, especially in the last match day. Hakim Ziyech has really proven to to be a big piece of this team moving forward. Him getting a goal against Canada, opening the scoring very early and kind of starting to put that front foot forward. This Moroccan side we know is very good. We didn't expect them to do this, especially with Belgium and Croatia in this group, but we knew that they would probably finish ahead of Canada. I don't think we saw seven points out of them and, and not losing a match here. What are your thoughts on what Morocco has done? Yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy, honestly. I, and, and we knew that this group was going to be open as well. Even like, yeah, obviously Canada was disappointing not getting a single win. But I think there was that fear that Belgium and Croatia might be the ones that could indeed miss out, one of them at least, mm. um, because this Morocco side had a bit more, let's say, youthfulness and freshness to them. And they were able to do that. I think we saw the the end of really the, the Belgian golden generation in that game against Morocco. I think that was the the, the real end of it. Mm-hmm. Um, they still had a game to play. They they could have won the game against Croatia had it not been for a few misses by Lukaku. But ultimately, I think Croatia demonstrated that the experience comes to them. And 
and a lot of people did not really rate on them. I think uh, Garvidal has been a, have been a great center back. I think he's been so um, composed in the back line for them, and, and Modric showing his his um, his genius and his talent, you know, at such an advanced age shows that he's just so important and he doesn't want to go out without a, a final goodbye or at least a fight. So yeah, no credit to them. Credit to Morocco winning their group, I think puts them in a, in a good way. And, you know, first one since, you know, 86 and they've been this far. So yeah, oh, I mean, I think for Morocco, again, another team that's exceeded all the expectations. Which, which group's winner is more surprising to you, Japan or Morocco? No, Morocco. Uh, sorry, Japan, Japan, Japan. Yeah, I think so Japan, too. Japan, absolutely. Yeah, I think so too. I think there was Japan. an outside shot where over two world champions. Why would yeah over yeah. two? But I mean, you know, to advance out, you would have you know we both picked Morocco and Japan to be third in their respective groups. But I think there was more likely that Morocco would possibly pip Croatia, according to what we thought, um, than Japan pipping Spain or Germany. So yeah, the the Japanese rise to the top of that group is is certainly something that's going to be one of the memorable uh happenings in this particular world cup for sure let's go to group g uh which for the most part uh, you know i want to say maybe went to plan uh brazil and switzerland finishing top of the group uh both tied on six points brazil taking the group on goal differential cameroon finishing third uh is is extremely impressive including a win against brazil earlier today and then serbia um I you know I I I can't wrap my head around Serbia. Uh, one point from this uh, from this World Cup, they managed to score five goals, but apparently defending is optional. We saw that today in the uh, Switzerland match up, where at least two of the goals were just bonehead defensive plays where they just weren't marking their man. Especially the Froiler goal, the last goal, which really eliminated from the tournament. Um, I I can't I can't get my head around how badly Serbia. Pl- played defensively and this is i want i want to throw this question to you i know i would want to go back to sonia niksevich who we did the preview with and ask her this but i'm going to ask you first um at this point you look at the serbian team is it coaching is it is it the manager that we really have to point the finger at at this point yeah i mean just looking at the way they play i I think there's just very much i would say in in my opinion just the way they've been playing they're really bad in defense I think that's always been kind of their 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 weakness, and I think we even spoke about that with Sonia. Is that I think the defense is just not as strong as we thought it was. Yes, they have amazing uh, attacking options. We've seen that. I mean, you know, they scored they scored five goals. They scored the most goals in this group, and they didn't even qualify. That just shows how they're they're talented on that end. But I think I think just defensively, they're just very very bad on that end. Um, and so that's I think that's one of the worst things that from this. Serbia side and you know even for Brazil I mean now here, here's my thing mm-hmm. and this is the this is the interesting part that maybe I have to post to you and we'll, we'll, we'll get to our predictions for the round of 16 in a bit but from what you've seen from Brazil mm-hmm. three games three goals two wins once. even with Neymar do they look like a team that could they think they win the World Cup right now yes I, I do think so I, I do think they do look like a team that could win the okay. World Cup as they stand. I do think those like me too. I, I kind of throw today's match out the window. I mean, not that they played a B squad. I mean, the the Brazilian B squad is a ridiculous B squad, but uh, they didn't play their absolute top players, right? They also did not have Neymar on the side, and Vincent Abubakar scores the consolation goal in the ninety second minute. So, yeah, other than that, they've been 
they, they you know they've won close. They beat they beat Serbia two nil. They beat uh, Switzerland one nil. But they've they were in charge of those matches the whole way. So um, for me, that's that's the way it's gone. Uh, I, I think they are. I think they are the, the you know one of the teams to beat for sure. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. So, let's go to Group H real quick. I know we're starting to run a little short on time. Uh, Portugal, South Korea, Uruguay eliminated in this one. Portugal on six points. South Korea finishing second ahead of Uruguay based on uh, goals scored, and then Ghana finishing fourth in this one. Uh, again, Uruguay seemed like they were taking that step forward coming out of qualifying. Not quite there just yet, as this group shown. Um, the end of an era for Cavani, Suarez. We know the youth is coming up in, in Uruguay. Portugal, um, not really heavily reliant on uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, right? Although he wanted to claim that one goal that Adidas had to come out and say, listen, there's so much technology in this ball, it did not touch your head, <laughs> which is one of the big quote-unquote controversies uh, of this tournament. But uh, what are your thoughts on Group H? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy to believe that, again, this is the group that came into the final day. And, you know, the fact that all the teams lost their games shows that it was so open. And, and you know, I, I think, you know, for Portugal's case, I mean, who needs to talk about Ronaldo when you have Bruno Fernandes there? I mean, he's really been the standout player for them so far. And, yeah, it shows that, I think, for South Korea, no one really expected them to to do something like that. I think a lot, I think, if I correct me if I'm wrong, Joe, I think we beat them last in our predictions. That shows how good we've been. Exactly. Um, but, uh, no, it's just been... It's just been so crazy to see that, but um, I don't know, man. It's it's crazy. To, I mean, Uruguay, yeah, they were in it with a chance. I think they only had to score one more goal, and mm-hmm. I mean, but but I think that was I think the game against South Korea was the one that kind of killed them in that one. Like they didn't get any game any goal from that, and I think that killed them in their chances to qualify, especially when Portugal beat Ghana. So, yeah, um, I mean, let me. I got to tell you, Joe, looking at all of these teams that we've seen and the ones that qualified. I can't pick a winner. I can't. Just, there's no one that stood out more than anyone else. I, I totally agree. Let's do some rapid fire then. Let's let's get into the, the matchups here because we're running a little quick on time. Starting tomorrow morning, the Netherlands, United States. Uh, my heart says the U.S., uh, but my brain doesn't exactly say the Netherlands. So I'm going to, you know, because of that, I'm just going to pick the United States to move on. Uh, there is reports of the flu running through the, the Dutch side. Uh, Christian Pulisic will play in this one. But uh, so I'm going to take the U.S. I'm going to go out on a limb and take the U.S. How about you, my friend? I know we picked the Netherlands earlier in our preview show, but uh, what about you? I want to. I do want to give a mulligan on this one. I, I think if it goes into extra time and it's still nil nil on this one, I think I favor the U.S. Yeah, I, I think I do. I Honestly, I think they have something to prove. So for me, I'm going for the U.S. I, I, I agree in that scenario as well. Let's go to the next one because they'll face the winner of Argentina, Australia. I, th- I think Argentina's figured it out. I think, like you said, that 2-1 loss to Saudi Arabia was a very big wake-up call. Um, Australia, although performed gallantly, um, I think uh, this is going to be a bridge too far. I think Argentina wins. Yeah, yeah, me too. I mean, unless we get another Saudi Arabia in this one, I think Argentina will finally flex their muscles as they should in these heavy games. Definitely. Uh, nah, then we'll go on to J- December 5th, Japan, Croatia. Uh, you know... I'm going to take Japan in this one. They've shown a lot of discipline, a lot of courage, a lot of intelligent play um, tactically going forward. And Croatia, I, it, I think it's just uh, you know just a little a little too old for them. For I'm going to take Japan here. Yeah, me too. Me too. I think Japan can do it. It would be the first time that they ever would go to a quarterfinals if they do that. So yeah, I'm taking Japan to make history. Uh, December fifth, also Brazil, South Korea. I'm going to take Brazil. I mean, like they're Brazil. They look good. I think they can do it. 
Yeah, I mean, I think the Cameroon loss obviously kind of a wake-up call. Neymar should be back for that game. So anytime you have Neymar back on your side, I think you have to favor Brazil in this one. So for me, Brazil goes to the quarterfinals. Definitely. December 4th, England, Senegal. I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take England here, but I think Senegal can be dangerous enough to give them a little bit of a scare. Yeah, yeah, me too. I agree. I, I think um I think England have every right to to show why they are considered one of the favorites to win the World Cup, but I think it won't be easy against this really talented Senegalese side. I think this could be an extra game type of affair but for me england walk through to the quarterfinals and also france uh, they'll face the winner of france poland for me france has been one of the most impressive teams given their injury uh status and poland has been one of the most unimpressive teams arriving at this stage of the tournament i got france in this one all the way yeah yeah me too i think poland are just so reliant on robert Lewandowski, and they don't really have that much service on that and unless shishni had a really good night which he could mm-hmm. he definitely could but france goes into the, to the next round Next one, Morocco. This is December 6th, Morocco, Spain. Uh, again, some, uh, some colony uh, permutations here like we had in France, Tunisia. I'm, I'm going to take Spain in this one. I think, uh, I think Spain got shocked enough, especially finishing second in the group, that, uh, that they will get that wake-up call here and move forward. How about you? Yeah, yeah. I think, I think it's great for Morocco to go this far, but I think ultimately Spain, like, like a lot of these teams who have lost their final game, I think they need that wake-up call for them to go back into it's a good form. I think Spain should be good enough to, to qualify. So I'm taking Spain on this one. Definitely. La- last one. They'll face the winner of Portugal, Switzerland. I think this one is going to be the toughest one to call. And I'm going to go out on a limb. Uh, this, you know, Breel and Bolo has been playing incredibly well this tournament. And they, uh, they're, you know, the Swiss are sneaky talented. I'm taking the Swiss over Portugal uh, in this one to move on to the quarterfinals. I'm going for Portugal on this one. I think Portugal will... Um, I don't know, I feel confident that Cristiano Ronaldo has to step it up on this one, especially in these tech games. He likes the, the knockout stages, so I think he steps up and, and does something. So for me, Portugal. All right. Th- that'll, quarterfinals. that'll do it for us. So uh, those matches will be played between December 3rd and December 6th, and then we'll be back before the quarterfinals, which start on December 9th. So my friend, I am going to hit the closing music because that is uh, principle for us. Yep, let's do it. So for episode 372 of Low Limit Football, I want to thank my co-host, Mr. Roberto Rojas, for joining me tonight and breaking down the uh, the group stages as we head into the round of 16. Keep an eye out over the next few days for our next podcast, which will be previewing the quarterfinals after our round of 16 winners. So for episode 372 of Low Limit Football, I am Joe Ucello. I'm Roberto Rojas. Thanks for listening, everyone, and good night.